fantastic. It, it is. Um, it's really good to be uh, together, obviously virtually. Um, as uh, CJ said, um, it's been a year, right? Um, and uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity to share some things today that I pray will be uh, deeply helpful uh, for us. Um, I've got to say, though, that when Paige found out that I was giving the sermon uh, today, she gave me a very stern warning um, to be careful uh, what I let out of my mouth. I think she was thinking back to last year uh, when we were doing the Kingdom Come series and I, I did the, the first uh, lesson of the year. Uh, we were going through the Sermon on the Mount and um, I, I preached on Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn. Um, and, and what a year we went on to um, have. So I, I think Pedro said, be, be careful what you say uh, this time. Um, but, you know, as I was thinking about today and praying, um, uh, just asking Jesus, what would be an appropriate focus for us? And chatting with some brothers as well as we transition from the fantastic Abraham uh, series that we've been through and all the great lessons that we've learned from that, there were a couple of things that came to mind. Um, the tide is changing at the moment in the sense that here in the UK, on the horizon, looks like you know we're coming out of lockdown. And if I happen to be smiling a little more than usual today, it's not because the kids are going back tomorrow. Um, we've actually had an incredible uh, three months um, together, but uh, but we're transitioning from a time that has been really constraining. Um, and a tough time for a lot of us and into a time where there's going to be a bit more freedom again. And I know many people that have got holidays lined up and they've just been waiting for that moment that the government would say, yes, you can go and they're going to book their accommodation. And there's this joyful anticipation that is rightly so. And yet it would be so easy for us to move on and not look back and not consider what some of the biggest lessons are that we could learn from the year that we've had and in a sense that we're still having. And you know, the title of my sermon today is The Greatest Joy That You Can. And it's from James that we'll be going back to shortly. Now, um, yeah, CJ mentioned it's been a year, right? And I, I think this time last year, if anyone said that this pandemic and all that comes with it would have lasted a year and that for many of us, we wouldn't have seen each other for over a year, then, then we would have said they're, they're doomsayers, they're, they're pessimistic, there's no way that would be the case. And yet in the last year, um, there is a certain amount of hardship that all of us have had to experience, and, and some way more than others. We've experienced things like not being able to meet together, and not being able to sing together, and not being able to see 
friends or, or loved ones, uh, there's been homeschooling, and, and particularly this uh, last season, uh, kids been at home for a couple of months. There's been isolation and illness and, and sickness. There's been mental health uh, challenges. There's been furlough and, and job cuts and, and job loss, pay cuts, you know, the, the works. And um, sadly, uh, even death. Um, and for in some cases with the, the death or sickness, people haven't been able to travel to see loved ones or there've been limitations to how many people could be at uh, funerals. And um, for us and our family, my, my sister and I, we had uh, the, the sad, although it was um, helpful and necessary, but the sad situation at Christmas where we had to move my mom um, into a home um, and then the lockdown came or lockdown part two and we haven't been able to see her uh, since then um, and actually the, the first time I'm going to get to see my mom will be next Sunday um, Mother's Day which I'm really looking forward to uh, but you know all of these things uh, and the, the things that I shared it's not exhaustive in any way I, I, I'm sure there's more that I'm aware of, there's so much more that I'm not aware of that, that we all know the different things that we've been through. And, um, and I think of all of that, and there's a question that I'd like us to consider and explore today as we get ready to go into James. It's a question that I'm praying that we will take with us, not only into the week ahead or, or the weeks ahead, but a question that we will carry with us for the rest of our lives, because I believe answering this question could help us see the goodness of our Father, the, the beauty, the glory, the, the joy of Jesus, and, and experience the power of the Holy Spirit in ways we've never experienced before. And the question is this. What if, what if in every challenge, every difficulty, every unwanted circumstance that you or I face, there is a gift? Now, bear with me. Um, it would be easy to hear that and, and perhaps maybe challenge it or, or, or it just raises some raw emotions um, in you, especially if the, the challenges or, or the difficulties that you faced have been really painful. And yet I really believe that pondering the, this question and seeing what the Bible has to say and, and hearing what Jesus wants us to hear could have incredible implications for us now. Um, and in the future. So um, we're going to go into, and I'm going to share my slides shortly, but let's, uh, let's pray before we explore this. Father, as we get ready to, I just look deep into James. Um, it would be so easy to listen and the words just wash over us. But we don't want that, Father. 
we want your word to do a, a, a deep work in our hearts and in our souls. We want your word to transform the way we see, the way we think, the way we live. Holy Spirit, I could speak just words, but you are the one that could take those words from our head deep into our hearts. And I pray that as we explore James and as we explore your word, that you will do your thing and do the incredible transformational work that only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, I'm going to share uh, this. And I hope you can see that. Um, brilliant. So some thumbs up there, which means that you can. All right. So the greatest joy you can, and we're going to dive back into James 1. And thank you, Bree, for uh, what you um, read, just reading it earlier on. You know, so let's start off. Um, so James 1 verse 2 says, My fellow believers, when life is perfect, going swimmingly, all things are working out exactly as you intended. And you have not a worry or care in the world. See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Now, before you think that I'm no longer able to read, I, I know it doesn't say that. But um, uh, I kind of wish it did, you know? Um, you know, one of the challenges of the Christian faith, for me anyway, is that there, there's an expectation that when we say Jesus is Lord, life will go smoothly and things will be easy and, and Jesus will, he's walking with us, of course, and so he'll make this path a, a smooth one. And yet... Um, we know that's not the case. And, and James here, right off the blocks, after his greeting in verse 1, he hits us with this seeming contradiction. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Now, it's actually worth stopping here for a minute and just listening to how some other translations uh, describe it. Because in Weymouth New Testament, uh, it says, reckon it nothing but joy, my brethren, whenever you find yourselves hedged in by various trials. Um, in the Good News translation, it says, my friends, consider yourselves fortunate, fortunate when all kinds of trials come your way. Contemporary English version says, my friends, be glad even if you have 
a lot of trouble. Uh, Amplified Bible says, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Um, New Living Translation says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And finally, in the message, the late Eugene Peterson says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know, I don't know about you, but when I'm asked about my best moments and my most joyful moments, when I'm asked about the highs in life, you know what comes to mind? It's the holidays, it's the times with family and and friends, it's the meals, it's It's the laughter, it's the connection, it's the fun. That's what comes to mind for me. Um, Over Christmas, over the Christmas break, uh, we watched Groundhog Day um, with our boys. Um, And no guesses, for those of you that watched the movie, no guesses why we watched it, right? um, We had been talking about Groundhog Day at home and Paige and I would use that language, especially with COVID and all that's going on. It just felt like it's the same day over and over again. And the only distinction between a weekday and a weekend day for some of us anyway was that there was no work, but it was just the same. And um, the boys hadn't watched uh, the movie. And so we wanted to bring them in on the conversation. Um, So we watched it and in this movie, you know, Bill Murray plays this egotistical, cynical TV weatherman um, who ends up being uh, stuck in some sort of, you know, time loop, and he experiences the same day, February 2nd, over and over and over again. And so that was a partial spoiler alert. I won't say any more so that those of you that want to watch it because it's incredibly well worth uh, watching it. But you know, after, afterwards, we discussed with the boys and we were talking about the movie and, and we said, if we could pick a day to have over and over again, what would it be? And, and of course, you know, we all picked different days and there was some with, oh, you know, the, all the food that I really love and, you know, all the movies I get, you know, like we all picked a cool day. It was an enjoyable day. It was a day where we could experience the greatest joy that we can over and over again. And yet life isn't like that, right? It's, we don't naturally just get to pick the best days over and over again. Life throws things our way. And, and it seems actually like James is saying here, do you know what, even if you could, even if you could pick a day where it's all going well, it's all perfect, you'd be missing out because there is a gift that you just don't get to experience any other way than through the trials and through the difficulties and through the challenges. And early on, I posed this 
as, I posed it as a question, you know, what if? But, but James doesn't. James says, in every challenge, every difficulty, every unwanted circumstance, there is, there's a gift. And when we grasp that gift, it, we, the result is this radical response, which is joy. And the question we should ask then is, okay, what is the gift? What is the gift that James is talking about? And the great news is that James, he goes on to share it. It's a simple promise, but one that is filled with with so much power. Here's what he says in verse three. Says, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And I just wanna stop there for a minute. You know, the, the gift is this incredible promise that trials and challenges and difficulties, they test our faith. And that testing stirs up in us the power of endurance. And you know, James uses a, a word here, testing, that's linked to the world of metalworking. It's, you know, it's what the, the metal workers would put uh, silver and gold in, in the furnace and, and they're refining that and, and it's cleansing it of all its impurities and you know, in some ways that's reassuring for us because it reminds us that it's okay if we feel like challenges, they're not easy to experience. There are hard things that we have experienced over the last year in particular. There are hard things that we experience in our lives. And, and, and another thing to, to consider here is well, how do trials test our faith? You know, for me, I know in the middle of trials, in the middle of difficulties and challenges, it, it's so easy to wonder if God is really there. Or, or maybe we think, oh yeah, he's there, but does he really care about me? It, it's easy to become exhausted. It's easy to lose heart. It's easy to, to assume that the, that when there are obstacles, that it's just God's way of saying the door is closed. It's easy to become so self-focused that we lose sight of what God wants to teach us. And it's important to, to realize, and James sort of makes this clear, especially as we go into the next verse, that it, it doesn't just happen. We don't just get this gift automatically because he describes the, the promise further by saying, and then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. I mean, th this is incredible. The, the, James is saying here that, that our endurance that grows and, and, and the, the endurance that he's talking about, it, it's not this passive waiting endurance. It's not a, 
hey, you know, go to the GP and, you know, wait in, in the waiting room and you're just waiting until you get called. It's not that sort of endurance. It's an active endurance. It's the sort of endurance that we have to, it's like we're, we're running a marathon. We're exerting loads of energy and we're having to push through and we're having to uh, fight that mental block. It's that sort of endurance. It's like you're working out and the only way to grow muscle, the only way to get stronger is by putting the muscle under strain, to put it, putting the muscle under pressure. And so what, what can this endurance do? What is the promise? The promise here is when we push through those difficulties and challenges in faith, that that endurance is doing an internal work. God is doing this incredible internal work to strengthen us from the inside out in ways a bit like the muscles that we don't see at the time. And every time you or I step into a, a challenge, a difficulty, and we rise above it, something is happening on the inside that we're not aware of. And the more we do this, we get to a place where we don't need external things to rely on. We're able to rely on the power that God has put within us. What's incredibly interesting about this is where James goes next. And at first, it, it seems a little odd. It seems... Well, you're, James, you're talking about trials and you're talking about the difficulties. And then all of a sudden, he goes on to talking about wisdom. And yet when we think about it, it makes so much sense. Here's what he says. And if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. You know, when we think about it, one of the reasons that we need wisdom in times of difficulties and challenges is because it takes wisdom to see trials, not as red lights that, that God isn't here or God isn't interested, but as green lights for God's amazing work. It, it takes wisdom to see and accept that even when we're facing situations that are so beyond us, that actually that's the perfect opportunity to, because there's room for God to step in. We're no longer relying on our own strength, but on what God can do. And it takes wisdom to be reminded that, that we have what we need inside us. I think of what Paul said in, in, uh, to the church in Corinth, and you know, we faced these situations that were beyond us, and we just thought we were going to die, and yet it was an opportunity for us not to rely on our strength, but on the incredible strength of God. It takes wisdom to know that everything can be taken away from us except 
our faith and accept our character. I mean, imagine knowing, imagine knowing that because you are loved by God and as you walk intimately with him, there is nothing that comes your way that you cannot overcome. You know, nothing that comes your way that you cannot grow through, nothing, no failure that is permanent, no loss that someday won't be resolved. And as I consider all of this for myself, I, I can't help um, but reflect on two, two of the biggest challenges uh, that I've faced um, over the years. The first significant one was in 2012. It was um, a time where I, I was writing a book and, and I was trying to build a business and um, but the book came out and the business flopped and it was a recession and, and there were just no, um, it felt like there were no opportunities. We um, were out of money, had used all my savings, we were paying our mortgage on the credit card. It was such a challenging time. And I, I sank into this dark and dreary haze of depression. Um, I remember considering a suicide. Yes, even as a Christian, uh, I, I was thinking that. Um, uh, but, but hindsight is an amazing thing uh, because it turned out, that time turned out to be one of the greatest gifts to me in terms of my own uh, faith. Um, but I, at the time, I, I didn't have the wisdom to see and know that in every challenge, every difficulty, you know, there's a gift. Uh, there was so much wrestling that I had to do in, in my faith then. Um, and what was incredible is because of the wrestling, I, I remember being at a point that was so dark and I just thought, God, the gloves are off, that's it. You hate me, I hate you. And I'm just shouting and I'm expecting lightning to uh, come down. And it was an incredible moment where God helped me move from just seeing him as Lord and seeing him as master and seeing him as this disciplinarian to seeing him as an incredible father. And if my baptism in 95 was my first spiritual awakening, then I often think of this moment in 2012 as my second spiritual awakening. Um, and it was, there was a gift in that moment for me, that's one that I would never want to um, have missed out on, as painful as that time was. You know, I, I'm reminded of these words by Peter Marshall. He was a Scottish-American Scottish uh, preacher. And, and he says this, when we long for life without difficulties, remind us that oaks grow strong in contrary winds and diamonds are made under pressure. It, interestingly, it's this same Peter Marshall 
that said, God will not permit any troubles to come upon us unless he has a specific plan by which great blessing can come out of the difficulty. You know, in our challenging moments, our toughest moments, whether they're even just little challenges that we face each day, there is a gift that can come in that. And you might still be wrestling with this idea. And um, I mentioned that there were two big challenges for me. And the second big challenge, and one that I've shared a bit before, is the journey of coming to terms with my mom's Alzheimer's. And for those of you that heard me talk about it, you know, I don't even think I know how to um, describe the pain and the wrestling and the tears um, that have been associated with that over the years. My mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2014 and, and there have been so many tough things that have happened over the years, just losing her losing, in a sense, her personality. Um, it feels like she's dying and we have to grieve even before she leaves this, this world. And um, there have been times she's gone missing and, and we just had to get the police involved and just haven't known what to do. Um, and I personally found it a real struggle grieving her loss even while she's with us. And, and as I mentioned earlier on, um, in, over Christmas, we had to move her into a home. And once again, with the whole situation with mum, I, I didn't have the wisdom to see and know that in every challenge, every difficulty, every unwanted circumstance, you know, there is a gift. And part of the challenge with my mom's Alzheimer's in particular was I just couldn't see the Alzheimer's itself um, as a gift. And, I, and that's where I feel like the wisdom came in because it, it's true, the Alzheimer's isn't the gift. Over time as I've wrestled and as I've prayed, what I've come to realize is that the gift is more the deeper recognition of what is going on on this side of eternity. You know, there's something that um, Wayne Jacobson, for those of you that, that know him, he wrote um, the book, He Loves Me and several others. Um, there was something that he said, I think I was listening to a podcast of his and he was just wrestling, or talking about some of the things that he's learned over the years. And, and he said this, and it really uh, just sat powerfully with me. And he says, we are sons and daughters of a gracious and loving father navigating a broken world. And that was the bit that really moved me because, you know, I feel like, yeah, over the years I can grasp and connect with the fact that I'm a son of a loving father, but it's, on the one hand, Obi, there's a security you can have in God's love that should always be yours. But on the other hand, there's an important awareness of the fact that on this side of eternity, the world is a broken one. And, and that's part of the reality. And as being in this broken world, things like Alzheimer's happens and cancer happens and all of these 
difficult things. And I've grown and feel like I'm continuing to grow and realizing that when we face difficult times, our Heavenly Father doesn't want us to just go through it, but he wants us to grow through it. He wants us to grow in our knowledge of who he is. He wants us to grow in our awareness of, of what's going on in the world. He wants us to grow in accepting our place and our role in the battle. And it is a battle to restore and renew all things. Um, what are you like when you face difficult times, when you experience challenges? Um, are you the sort of person that just goes through it or do you grow through it? You know, when we embrace this truth that James is getting across here, this truth that in every challenge, every difficulty, every unwanted circumstance, there isn't just a gift, but there is a gift from God. And the gift may not necessarily be the situation, but the opportunity to grow, we learn to become individuals who step into the hard moments of life and find ourselves not more fragile or more broken, but stronger than we ever realized because we're relying on a power that isn't ours, but a power that comes from the creator of heaven and earth. And we discover that the hardship that we go through is often a training ground to become the sons and daughters that God created us to be, to partner with him in making all things new and putting things right. I think there are um, many implications for, practical implications for, um, us as we consider this and, and ponder this. And I want to share two challenges um, for us to respond to this and, and hopefully benefit from applying these in our lives. And the first one is this. Um, the first practical challenge is just to embrace struggle, embrace the struggle, whatever we may be going through. And I'm I'm not trying to pretend in, in any way that any of this means that the challenges that we face are easy or the pain that we go through is easy or when we face um, these difficult moments, you know, we just lap it up. And Jesus is described as a man acquainted with sorrows and he knows what it is like to wrestle. But as we continue to wrestle through difficult moments on the other side of our wrestling and on the other side of our struggle and pain, there is a joy and a transformation that I certainly don't have words to properly describe. Um, there's actually a lot of incredible research that feels like it's catching up with the Bible now. Neuroscientists have found out that that struggles and challenges are actually helpful for brain growth. Um, and if we're not struggling, then we're actually not learning and growing. Um, and so not only is struggle just good for our brains, but people who 
value um, or know the value of struggle. They get to improve their ability to learn and their ability to grow and overcome difficult things. And so embracing the struggle is part of God's plan for you and I to experience the greatest joy that we can. Um, Erwin McManus, he wrote the book, The Last Arrow. He says this, God isn't sending you through trials or challenges or difficulties to show you what you're not. He's sending you through trials to show you what and who you are. And this links to the second thing for me, which is just for us to expect a God to come through. Um, I, I can't help but think of the, the series that we've just been through, the Abraham series, and Abraham itself, you know, we ended, we were going through Genesis 12 to 22, and we ended on, you know, 22, and this um abraham being asked to sacrifice his son what a trial what a what a challenge what a difficulty and yet by all indications abraham had been refined by the journey up to that point that he wasn't double-minded going into this one not like he did when he faced pharaoh and said, oh, well, so is my sister, because he's thinking, you know, will God show up or will God come through? He had come to this place where I've got an expectation that God will come through. And what a transformation he experienced. And I think for you and I, the transformation comes in our lives when we're, we're fully convinced that God is with us in every situation that we face, no matter what is going on. He is with us and will help us through. And imagine becoming the sort of people who were just no longer terrified by trials or challenges or, or hardship because we're convinced about who God is. And maybe as we come out of lockdown and as we consider this idea of a gift, maybe there are some gifts in a change of thinking and a perspective about how we do church and about how we engage in our communities and maybe father is calling us to dream about the lives that can be changed um by continuing you know an online presence and digital presence maybe god is calling us to push ourselves out of our comfort zone and that's a gift of this time maybe Jesus is calling us to love in ways that we never did before, we never thought about before, we just didn't see it possible. And there's a gift in this time of thinking differently. Maybe the spirit is prompting us to serve in ways we never thought about before, to give in ways we never thought about giving before, to see in ways that we've never seen before. You know, as we wrap up, I'd like to move the focus to uh, the greatest example of this truth, that in every challenge, every difficulty, every unwanted circumstance, there is a gift. 
And the greatest example of that was Jesus. If anyone knew challenge, if anyone knew difficulty, if anyone knew pain, if anyone knew sorrow, it was him. And this is what the Bible says in Hebrews 12. And for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out before us goes on in verse two we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto jesus who births faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection his example is this because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. You know, Jesus was the perfect example of seeing trials and challenges and, and opposition and struggle and pain and difficulty, not through human eyes, but through heavenly eyes. The cross can very easily be considered the, the darkest moment in human history. When the one who loved us and created us came into uh, a, a world and, and we didn't accept him. Uh, instead, we rejected him and, and crucified him. And yet he endured it. He endured that pain and that challenge because his joy was for us to experience the greatest joy that we can. And that's what kept him on the cross, even though it was our own sin that put him there in the first place and you know earlier on when I said in 2012 I had this dark sort of night of the soul and the, the thing that helped me in the end one of the things that helped me in the end was was the cross and just remembering I remember this moment where, where God made it clear that the, oh yeah I did this for you this is how much I love you it's Sometimes you doubt my love and you doubt what I'm doing and, and there's tough things going on around you. And I, but this is what I did for you. And it just felt like God was saying, if you ever, no matter what's going on in your life, if you ever doubt that I am for you and I want so much joy in your life, then look at what I did for you and look at what I was willing to do. And we often say that God gave Jesus to us as a gift, but 
you know what, as he was going through this greatest trial and challenge of his life, you know, the gift he was looking forward to was the gift of our reconciliation and the gift of our transformation and the gift of our salvation. He was focused on that gift. And he had embraced this truth that in every challenge, every difficulty, every unwanted circumstance, there isn't, it's possible that there isn't just a gift, but there is a gift from God. And boy, am I grateful that Jesus had that heart because that's what allows us to experience and have the potential to experience the greatest joy that we can because of the perspective that Jesus had that took him to the cross. And I'll wrap up with a prayer. And, and before I do, I just want to say, I pray that these ideas, these thoughts will be things that will not only take into the week, but we will take with us for the rest of our lives. And that there'll be things that we embrace as individuals, but also as a church. So we will never see things the way we did before. Let's pray. Father, um, words, 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 unless you come and make them something that transforms our hearts and transforms our lives. We thank you so much for the insight that we get from scripture and for these words that James penned thousands of years ago so that we would have hope in dark moments, that we would have hope in challenging moments. Thank you so much that you don't just put things out there and say, do. You are the example of everything that you want us to do. And the toughest moment, the darkest moment in history was man's moment, but you also came into that moment and accepted all of our anger and all of our wrath in a sense as human beings. And you turned that around and created that as an opportunity for us to experience the greatest joy that we can as you went through the greatest pain that anyone could ever inflict on someone. Thank you so much for the cross and we pray that as a result of that that we would eagerly share this, that we will share this news as news that others need to hear. Help us Father embrace the truth of this, help us to be transformed by it, help us to live lives that can only be lived by faith because of what we have seen at the cross. Thank you for the bread that represents the body of Jesus and the blood that represents his blood that was poured out for us. May we embrace this. May our lives be forever changed by it. We honor you and look forward to you doing a deep work in our hearts as we continue to meditate on what we heard today. In Jesus' name we pray.